Mel. And Kel. And this is It's Called Culture. Ever heard of it? This episode has been a long time coming. It's basically the debrief to my Azores trip. I just went to San Miguel in August, and now I'm finally ready to debrief. Here we go, Azores. So Melissa's been back for a few weeks now. And we're getting, we're going to get into, we're going to deep dive into all things Azores. I was literally just taking notes in my phone the entire time course, <laughs> that I was yeah. there. Like every time I would see something, I would just like write it down in the notes app of my phone. And that's what we're basically, this episode is the notes app of my phone that I took on the week <laughs> that I was in the Azores. <laughs> the first story I need to tell we weren't even out of Boston before we had a podcast worthy story. <laughs> Ready for it. You know, airports are always a shit show. My parents went on this trip with us. So it was my husband and I, my daughter, my cousin, and my parents. And we booked my husband and I, like our family booked with my cousin, and my parents booked. On their own. They're like, oh no, we're gonna just do it ourselves. Like we were booking online, like mm-hmm. like a normal person, like just you know, Google flights and then just book them. Right. And they were like, they always use like a travel agent and like that whole boomer thing that they yep, do. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like, oh, we'll book ours separately. And we just told them what flight we were gonna be on, and then they were just gonna book that same flight. And so they booked it. Like we never asked any questions or anything like that. We just show up we get through security we are waiting for our flight to depart it's sata it's late of course i've heard that that's a common occurrence (laughs) i'm in conversations we're hanging out and my mom had mentioned something about her her seat or where she was sitting like she had looked at her ticket and she was like oh where, where are you sitting and i told her what row we were sitting in and then she said oh i'm in row 19 file that away in the back of my brain right the night goes on, you know, we got something to eat. We're waiting there this entire time in the airport. We've been in the airport for four hours minimum, right? Right. And we're sitting at the gate and now we're actually about to board. Like you can actually hear them announcing, you know, how many minutes away from boarding we are. My dad goes and pulls out his ticket and he's like, oh, row 25. And now I'm like, I've connected the dots before they've connected the dots. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my mom told me she was in row 19 and my dad just looked at his ticket and told me he was in row 25. And I just like, I did like a Jim and Pam from the office where like, I was like looking for the camera. Like, does anyone <laughs> else see what's going on here? Like, am I the only one recognizing the, the, this ridiculousness that's happening in front of me? And so then I brought it up. I was like, they don't know that they're not sitting together. Like they have, because they've separately told me where they were sitting. Right. But they weren't, they weren't both together and they weren't telling me at the same time. So they did not realize that they're not sitting together. And so as soon as my dad said row 25, I'm like, 25? I'm like, mom's just told me she was in row 19. And my dad thinks I'm like pulling his leg, right? Like he thinks I'm just like making up some story. They have all of their travel documents and printed paperwork okay like they go we go to the airport and i'm literally just like pulling up like a qr code on my phone and like (laughs) scanning it right like i don't have a ticket i don't have any paperwork that i've printed right exactly my dad kept like in the weeks leading up to this trip he kept telling me like make sure you bring two copies of this and two copies of your car rental and two copies of that and i'm like oh my god so he has a folder this like little travel agency booklet with his passport And all of his printed paperwork for this trip. And so then they start flipping pages and they're looking and they're they're comparing. She's like, row 19. And he's like, row 25. My mom's face just dropped. I have a video. Actually, I started recording as soon as I realized this was happening. And I have Mm -hmm. a great video of my mom's reaction live in the airport. Sorry, mom, we're going to post it. (laughs) her world shattered right and like now you can start to hear like the announcements like <laughs> we're gonna begin boarding and like as soon as they figured this out and we're just laughing 
we're laughing hysterically. My mom is in like actual distress and we're just laughing at her because I'm like, oh my God, this is so funny. I cannot believe this just happened to them. Any other person would have just been like, oh, that sucks. It's whatever. My mom was like, no, you don't understand. Like I cannot fly alone. And we're like, you're not flying alone though. Like we're all (laughs) on the same plane and we're all going to the same destination, right? We're kind of trying to be like, okay, listen, mom. Like she's like, I'm going to go talk to them. I'm like, you can't, you can't go who are you going to talk to at this point yeah, in time? Like we're about away. to board, we're about to board the plane. Everybody practically on the plane already, right? I'm like everybody's seat is assigned already. Like there are, <laughs> it's a full plane. There are no empty seats to go and put you at. So we started asking. We're like, how did this happen? She's like, I don't understand why the girl would do this. I'm like, what girl? So I'm I'm thinking like she went through a travel agent and like the travel agent just decided she was going to sit them separately. And she's like the girl at the the check in counter. And I'm like wait a minute, you waited until you got to the check-in counter, like at Logan, for your, like to, to give your bags, to give your luggage. You waited till then for them to give you a seat on the plane. I'm like, you have to pick your seats in advance, honey. Right. So the girl kind of <laughs> your mom, like she didn't do that, right? We were kind of at the end of the line, the check-in line, because uh, Portuguese people like, the check-in counter opened at six. They were all there at like 2 p.m., right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you couldn't arrive more than three hours early because that's when the check-in counter opened. Yeah. But we got there and we were like at the end of the line. Like the entire flight was in front of us. They're already all there waiting. They had been there for the whole day, I'm sure, waiting. Yeah. And so we were sort of at the end, even though we were there three hours early, right? I got to imagine most people pick their seats in advance. If you're waiting till you get to the front of the check-in counter to get your seats, it's like you're just going to get whatever's left. That's on you, right? <laughs> yeah. So that's yep. what we were trying to tell my mom. But like in this moment, she was not having it. And she's like, I'm going to go up there and talk to them. And my dad's like, it's too late. Like, I'm not going with you. Like, there's nothing they can do. So she she leaves. She goes off to like the, the gate check now, like where we're board the plane. Right. And she goes yep. to them. She's gone for a while. We're just laughing about it. And she finally comes back and she's like, I got it. I got new seats. And we're like, how? How did you get new seats? And she's like, well, they told me that they couldn't. They couldn't do anything because they had already shut their system down. Like there was they were already like boarding, (laughs) ready to board the plane. Like we're no longer messing with the seating chart. You know, like we've already shut down the system. So she told me they couldn't do it. And she's like, I told them that I was having agniage. She literally <laughs> used the term agniage with the gate check agent and said, I That's can't fly. Best. I can't fly by myself. I'm having agniage. <laughs> and the woman was like, okay. <laughs> she boots the system back up for my mom and starts like shuffling shit around. Who knows what the hell she did? And I couldn't figure out at first what the process was. I'm like, all right, so they just printed you a new ticket, but there's somebody sitting out here with us that has a ticket for that seat. Are you guys going to go like sit on each other's lap? Like, I don't understand. (laughs) I'm like, I don't understand how that works. But then I realized that whoever it was that got booted out of his seat so that my mom with her agniage could get a new seat (laughs) when he would go to like give his ticket to board the plane. You know how they scan it? Yeah. When they would scan his ticket, it would alert them that he needed to have a new ticket printed. They'd be like, step aside and they'd let everyone else keep going and scanning their tickets. And so some poor man had to like step aside and they were like, I'm assuming this is how the conversation went. Like we had to rearrange the seats. We had to change a couple things around. So we have to print you a new ticket and you have, this is your new seat. So my mom's happy as a clam and we board the plane. We get in our row, we're sitting down and I just see this like, some commotion going on a few rows ahead of me and there's these guys and they're just they're walking back and forth so like they're walking to the back they're walking back to this row and then they're kind of like huddling around row 19 and i'm like oh <laughs> oh no i'm like this has got to be my mom's doing like whatever this is is my mom's doing because she was supposed to sit in row 19 the flight attendant's coming out and the flight attendant's trying to like figure out what's going on with this man and why he's so confused and where he thinks he's supposed to be <laughs> And he finally goes back to walk to his new row 19 seat. And I just hear him under his breath. And he says, And I freaking lost it. 
it was just the perfect little saying, the perfect little cherry on top of the whole situation. So he obviously, if he, well, maybe he didn't pick up on this, but if he had gone down, so let's say like row 25 or whatever it was that your dad was in, he would be like, okay, one of these three people in this row took my seat. (laughs) Right? Right. He could have like found out who like messed around with his seat in. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Go look for the blonde woman who's sitting in your chair. That's who caused this mess. <laughs> it could have been a fight right on on board. I thought it was going to be, but just the, his saying was just even better. Just no hate. Just he's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so he's definitely like a regular, like normal Portuguese then, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was just fantastic. I was like, we are off to a good start here. <laughs> well, I hope your mom on the way back got same seat and with your father i guarantee you she did the same thing on the way back you say your mom wants to listen to our episode about igneous <laughs> i was like i'm using it girls when she came back and said i told her i have igneous and she needs to change my ticket and i'm like we need to think of a new name for like a portuguese karen right <laughs> she pulled a karen in portuguese she pulled the Portuguese card, the Trump card, the Agnias. <laughs> what would the Portuguese Karen be? Can't be Maria because everybody's named Maria. <laughs> no, exactly. You'd, you'd put out the whole population <laughs> with Conce- one name. Conceição. <laughs> I was thinking Conceição, but I know some nice Conceições. Yeah, we have to think of a Portuguese Karen. Mm. It's going to be it. So now back to the lady at the gate. Obviously, now she's getting this Agnias excuse thrown at her so do you think she was like crap if i don't change this woman's seat this woman could either possibly have like a heart attack on flight and then this will be on me so do you think she had to change your mom's like she knew she had to because she doesn't want like your mom's well-being on her shoulders so i think the problem is that agnish as we discussed is so broad like they they need to come out with one of those you know when you go to the doctor and it's like uh, they have like the happy face scale of like, (laughs) (laughs) what are you feeling? Like, what's your pain level? You know, on a scale of like zero to 10 and it has all the little happy faces. I feel like they need like an (laughs) agnish scale that looks like that. So that goes from like indigestion to premonitions. (laughs) (laughs) So that woman would have like pulled out her agnish card and been like, Ma'am, could you please place your Agnish on this chart? What are you feeling? What does your face look like? And it's always going to be like an eight and a half <laughs> for them. Eight or higher. Once, once they're in that state, forget it. So it's always going to be like an eight and a half. Mm-hmm. It's never going to just be indigestion for them. No. And I guarantee your father was just like sitting back, like just rolling his eyes like, oh, my God, this is what my wife did. Well, yeah, because we were going to make it work for her. Like if she was truly we were we were definitely making fun of her and laughing in her face. But we were <laughs> definitely also going to change our seats like my husband or myself or somebody would have my cousin would have gone and sat by ourselves because we had four seats together for us because we booked them like normal people online and chose our seats in advance. Yep, yeah. So we had four together we would have let her sit in those with us or my dad or whoever to make her feel comfortable. And we would have decided who out of the rest of us would have gone and sit by ourselves. Like, honestly, I would have volunteered as tribute because I was taking care of a five-year-old on the plane. So if I got to sit by myself and not have to do that, that would have been fantastic. Right. It's kind of like a free, smooth ride for you. My mom would be in the same boat, though. My mom would have pulled what your mom just did. You're not flying alone, mom. You're just sitting alone. What's the logic? I don't understand because it's it's like, oh, if something happens, like I want to be able to be with my husband. Like, so they're thinking like in their mind, it's like when the plane goes down, I want to, I don't want to be grabbing a stranger (laughs) on the side of me. I want to be holding my husband so we can go down together in like the Titanic. Okay. (laughs) It's over. So as we were in line, for that check-in, there mm-hmm. were people with plastic on their luggage. 
Yeah, I've seen a lot of that too while I was traveling this summer. A lot of plastic. It's like a condom. (laughs) It's like a condom for your luggage. Do you think because like now with like monkeypox and like COVID, do you think they think like monkeypox can live on your suitcase and they got a condom for the suitcase? Or do you think they're doing it to just protect their suitcase from like dents and getting it dirty? I was viewing it as like a Portuguese, I'm going to preserve my belongings. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to put plastic on the couch in the parlor so that it doesn't get ruined. Right. I'm going to put this plastic on my suitcase so that it doesn't get ruined. That's how I viewed it. It was such a vavu move. Like, the guy was in, like, New Balance sneakers with his, like, white socks pulled uh, up. Creed Black. His, his wife's the one that probably did put the suitcase in the plastic. They had matching ones. They both had plastic on them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know, she bought it. She saw it at TJ Maxx. She picked it up. <laughs> it was such like a Vavu thing. It was it was very cute. Like my Vavu definitely would have had that. Yep, yep. He would not have stepped foot on an airplane, but he would have had that. <laughs> he would have. That's right. I was like looking around in this line as we're <laughs> like getting on this plane. People watching. People watching. Exactly. Aside from feeling like I was related to every single person on that plane. I made an observation of all of the, I'm going to call them Vavos. And basically I'm calling a Vavo anybody who was like 50 or older woman that was on this plane. Yep. They were all in their Sunday best for a red eye flight. (laughs) I believe it. Sunday best, Kel. They had their mayage on, their nylons. Their mayage were on heels, three-piece skirt, suit jacket, ruffly shirt jewelry makeup done hair perm curled like i could not believe it i believe it only because that was my mother when we would go it's the whole like first impression when you get off the flight i think you're gonna see family you haven't seen in a long time you want them to see that you're quote unquote doing well in america (laughs) ma'am i just went on a five-hour flight I lost four hours to a time change. Yep. It was a red eye. It is now morning. I didn't sleep on the plane. I got fed a full meal at midnight. <laughs> and I was taking care of a five-year-old. I, I'm not doing well. I want to be in my yoga pants and my sweatshirt. Not heels and nylons. <laughs> And they just, they look like they got, I'm standing in the baggage claim at Ponta Delgada Airport when we arrived. And I look like I have not slept. I am just disheveled. I already have chin acne from the mask. And there's these women just waltzing out with their little heels, just click clacking, just getting their luggage and walking away like ain't nothing. And I'm like, I just don't understand. Now, how... Do you go to the bathroom dressed like that and trying to not sit on the toilet on the airplane bathroom? I think they're just holding it. He could have. <laughs> I think they're just holding it. Maybe they brought, oh, they brought a panique. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's right. Did you, oh, my God. Could you imagine being on an airplane and the lady next to you just like pulls out her panique? <laughs> Her little her bedpan. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I can't see that being comfortable. Like I don't know. Like you're on that plane, you're peeing everywhere. There's pee on the floor. <laughs> you're trying to like get it all in the toilet, but it's hard. It's hard. Obviously, easier for men. So I just don't understand why you would want to wear your Sunday best. I yeah, it it baffled me. And I guess just like speaking of airport bathrooms. Oh, no. This was on the uh, flight home from this, from Azores. My cousin was sitting next to me in my row and he needed to go to the bathroom. So he, he was like, can you get up? He was in the middle seat. So 
I stand up, I let him out, he walks by, and as I'm standing, the other girl who was in the window seat in our row was like, oh, I'm going to take the opportunity while everyone's up, I'm going to go to the bathroom too. So she got up and she went to the bathroom too. So I sit back down and I am, I put my headphones back on. I was listening to Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey, that documentary. Yep, yep, yep. About the... Yeah. The Mormons. Yeah, Latter-day Saints, which was a wild documentary. So I am very invested in this. I'm not really paying attention to how much time has passed. But eventually the girl comes back from the bathroom and I stand up and I let her in. And I don't really notice. Like at first I made some mental note that was like, oh, that's weird. She she made it back before he did because he actually got to the bathroom before her. Right. So I was like, maybe there's two bathrooms back there. Maybe he's taking a crap. I don't know. Go back to watching my little Netflix show. I don't realize how much time has gone by and my cousin has not returned to his seat. He finally comes back. He sits down and he just looks at me and he just starts laughing. And I'm like, what is going on? He goes, I I just fainted back there. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, what do you mean you fainted? And he's like, yeah, I went into the bathroom. And when he tried to shut the bathroom door, it's like a metal latch or something. And it somehow like hit him really hard in like a spot on his hand. And it must have just hit like a nerve or something. And he... It, he said it was like such a such a deep pain. Ooh. He was he was in the bathroom. He had ended up latching it, and then he just kind of felt himself like getting lightheaded and like kind of woozy from it. I'm getting lightheaded. <laughs> and so he said he was in there, and he was like, "I need to splash some water on my face or something. Like I need to like come to." So he's splashing water on his face, and then he knew enough to realize that like it wasn't working, and he was about to lose it. So he opened the bathroom door. And as he opened it, he fainted and just like flopped out of the bathroom onto the ground in the back of the plane. And so, oh my God. And so they're like trying to, like, what the hell just happened? Right. And the, the poor flight attendant is just back there, and this man just flops out of the bathroom and crashes onto the ground. So they, like, you know, sat him up, got him to come to, gave him some juice, like, whatever, made sure he was okay before they sent him back to his seat but i was just dying because i was like we were probably we were way in the back of the plane so this was probably happening like three rows behind me and i had no idea i'm just like (laughs) headphones on just like listening to my podcast and it just reminded me of the movie airplane when they're just like so oblivious to like all the the shenanigans that are going on on the plane yes holy shit like you had an actual almost like pretty much a medical emergency and you were totally clueless yeah like my own cousin didn't come back from the bathroom and i just didn't notice and they didn't even announce anything either well i assume they were trying to take care of it on their own first before they were asking if there was like any doctors or anything i couldn't believe that i didn't hear him hit the ground a thud of a body right Yeah, I would think you it would be like a an a noise. <laughs> so as he's recounting this story to me, like it was like a serious thing. It was like a medical issue and he's recounting this to me and I am cackling as <laughs> l- loud as can be throughout this plane. And I I'm like, "Oh my god, the flight attendant just probably thinks I'm such an asshole cuz he just came back and is explaining to me what happened to him and I am just in hysterics all over the place." Imagine I'm still sitting there with my headphones on watching my documentary and then they just I just see them dragging his body across the aisle of the plane to the front or something like you wouldn't even know that he was like dead in the back. They wouldn't even know like who he belonged to. <laughs> the plane would have stopped for an emergency lane and you would have no idea a stretcher would have came onto the plane. <laughs> Most is like, okay, I'm just watching Mormons and all these Mormons getting married to 37 wives. <laughs> that got you more intrigued than actually like what's going on with your cousin. Yes. <laughs> I did not know how much time had passed. <laughs> I was just like, how could these people be so brainwashed as I'm brainwashed <laughs> by my phone to not know what's even going on around me? Oh, man. Well, I'm glad he's okay. He is. But anyway, so that's kind of like our airport drama. Actually, two, a couple more things before we leave airports. On our way home, 
there was some confusion in the Ponte Delgado airport. A New York flight was supposed to leave 15 minutes before us. And for some reason, the plane never showed up. Don't know what that's supposed to mean. But <laughs> they needed a way to get these people back to New York. Apparently, our flight wasn't full and maybe their flight wasn't super full. So they decided they were going to merge the two flights and put all of the New York people on the Boston flight and have them deal with connections to New York once they got to the U.S. They changed everybody's seating and blah, blah, blah. Right. Mm -hmm. So now our flight was packed because they just combined two flights onto one. And we're all trying to get through to board this plane. And I see two workers walking by. They're like on their break and they're just walking by and they look at us. This whole group of people trying to get on this plane. And they look back at each other. And one guy just says to the other, just meaning that like, they're, are they going to put these people on the wing of the plane? Because there were so many of us. And I was like, oh, my God. Like when the workers are joking about where are they going to put these people? It's a concern. <laughs> concern. It's a concern. Are you going to get booted off my seat so someone from New York can get in here? <laughs> Honestly, I didn't know what they were going to do because it seemed a little sus that there was exactly the right amount of seats for these two flights to merge. Hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was like kind of like I had a weird situation going to Mexico. My morning flight, it kept getting delayed. I had picked like a real, real early flight just so I'd have I would have enough of a layover because I know everything's crazy. And they kept delaying my morning flight. And then there was also another flight, but I wasn't on that one because that one, the layover wasn't as long. And then when I get on the flight, there was only like 20 of us. So I guess the reason why they delayed ours is because they would combine our flight together because it was only a small amount of people. But obviously, we don't know that. We just see that our flights getting delayed, delayed, delayed. So it was like a little odd. I was like, OK, you could have just let us know because here I am thinking like my flight is going to be too delayed and I'm not going to be able to make, catch my layover and like I wouldn't have gone because I would have been screwed. It's a little weird how some of it works. It's a little suspicious. Yeah. Something in the system. <laughs> yeah, they're doing a little a little shady shit behind the scenes. I only want to pay for gas for one transatlantic flight, <laughs> not two. You know what I mean? Right. You know yeah. I mean? Oh, the, the flight didn't arrive. Like, where is it? The exactly. Plane, plane didn't show up. Where is yeah. the plane? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So. Oh, the last, the very last thing. So they gave us food on the plane, like a full meal, which I haven't had mm -hmm. in forever because they don't do that on domestic flights in the yeah. US anymore. Like they give you a freaking one peanut and a pretzel. Not even a peanut because everybody's allergic to peanuts. True. They give you a pretzel. You get a pretzel and a ginger ale. Mm -hmm. You could go on like a six-hour domestic flight across lunchtime, and they will give you a pretzel. Yeah, like when I went to Hawaii, it's a long-ass flight, but I got I got nothing to eat. Nothing. Yeah, that's so ridiculous. And it's like it's like crossing lunch hour. It's like, you know, I've been in the freaking airport and the airplane for six hours. I need food. The international flights to the Azores have food, but it's like it's a red eye flight. So that the timing isn't there. They're actually <laughs> forcing the food, which is just yeah. so spot on for Portuguese people. Yeah, <laughs> you got to eat. We're going to force feed you. I don't care that it's midnight. <laughs> You're eating this fish at midnight. <laughs> yeah. So it was literally you got it was a five hour flight and we probably left. Yeah, that a five hour flight and you got a meal. I went to Hawaii. I got no meal. And that was like an 11 hour flight. What's wrong with this country? <laughs> it's ridiculous. And at this point, it was again, it's a red eye. So it's it's leaving Logan at 10 p.m. Like I've obviously already had dinner. Mm -hmm. I can't wait till I board a 10 p.m. flight to have dinner. Right. And it's only five hours. So I don't need to eat a meal between 10 p.m. and 3 a.m. I've already had breakfast, lunch and dinner on this day. Yeah, you're good. I get on this plane and they do the food service like kind of like halfway through ish. Yeah. So at midnight, 1230, 1230, they roll around with the cart service for a full <laughs> meal. 
And I'm talking like like a salad with a like a beef and a potato and a popsuck with a yeah, butter. Oh yeah, the works. And there's these like little Portuguese men in the rows on the side of me and they're ordering like a glass of red wine with their airport meal at 1230. And I'm like, Snood, you're going to have some hot burn tomorrow. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> They'll deal with it while they're out there. So when I went to Thailand, I got two meals because that was a long ass flight. It was like a 20 hour something flight. So I actually got two meals and they were really good. But it just kills me that like from Boston to Hawaii, you don't get anything. Borderline criminal. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like growing up, they would feed during like PG they during did. domestic. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I remember this. They did. They used to. Yeah. What's going on? What's going on, airlines? <laughs> That's my rant. So we got, we got a lovely, very lovely meal on the plane on the way there. I just ate it all up. Thought it was delicious. Didn't care that it was plain food. Did people get sick? Just like the movie Airplane? No, and I think we, I think we all had the same meal too. What what did we have tonight? Well, the choice was the fish or chicken. Ah, yes, had the lasagna. Classic movie. If you haven't watched it yet, guys, you need to watch it. Airplane. So, from doing like a food review of the food on the airplane, <laughs> my one complaint which we do need to think of that Portuguese Karen name because I would my, my put on my Portuguese Karen hat. And my one yeah. complaint was that on the way home, it was very warm in the plane, right? So I get my meal. I, I don't connect the dots enough to know that this was You're not happen. connecting anything on this flight, are you? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you're connected to is, is, your, is your phone. <laughs> But I did not connect the dots enough to see that this was a possibility or that this was going to happen. I was going to eat my little my little pupsuck that they gave with butter. And so I go to peel the cover off of this butter container. And I'm just kind of like opening it willy nilly, I would say, because I'm not expecting it to be in liquid form. Oh, shit. But it was so hot that the butter melted. So like I ripped the cover off this thing and I just get a lap full of butter <laughs> just oh man all over my clothes and it just like left this gigantic like pea stain on my dress again you shouldn't be wearing your sunday best <laughs> no no i was wearing happen? just like a little five dollar maxi dress but it got like stained from the butter and i was like damn it oh shit so it goes your butter for the ponze no. So then I like looked at my cousin. And I was like, hey, uh, that's melted. <laughs> when you open that, just maybe don't do it over your lap. <laughs> As I did it, I was like, oh, I wish they would have told me. Like, I don't care that the butter's melted. Could care less. If you could like dip your bread in some melted butter, that would be great. But it was just that I didn't know it was melted. So like if they had just been like, the butter might be a little melted. Just be careful when you open it. So after I did this, I made this freaking mess of the butter. I was like listening and like looking around to like see if anyone else was going to F up with the butter. And you could just hear whispers like down the aisles. And it was like, <laughs> like everyone was complaining about the Montego. <laughs> so a lot of people got butter all over them. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So something that was weird on our trip home. I think more so than our trip there. I was just having this like existential crisis about like time and time zones and the earth spinning. <laughs> so on the way back, we left at, let's say, 7.30 p.m. or something to that effect. Like it was almost the sun was almost about to set. Then we were traveling back to Boston, which is going backwards in time, time zone wise. It was a five-hour flight, four-hour time zone difference. It was like they almost canceled out. Yeah. Let's say you left Ponta Delgada at 7. You were going to arrive in Boston at 8 p.m. after a five-hour flight mm -hmm. because of the time zone change. Because of that and the timing of when the flight was, it was like it was supposed to be getting darker, but it was daylight for our entire flight because we were just like flying backwards and the sun just never set. <laughs> It was just wild to me. And so my cousin and I, we always like to get into these like weird conversations about stuff like that. And I'm like, 
oh my God, it's so weird. It's like sunny this whole flight and it should be dark and like it's blowing my mind. And he's like, are we moving on this plane or are we just still? <laughs> and the earth is just rotating underneath us. And I was like, <laughs> you guys are like two stoners. You guys are not stoners, but you guys are like two stoners having this conversation. <laughs> Like wilded out. My sleep deprived brain at that point oh. like could not handle that information. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're not even moving. Like this the earth is turning underneath us. And like it was just the wildest thing. That was like with Iceland. When we like landed, I think it was like just like regular time, like 9 a.m. So it should be like daylight. It was pitch black, still out there. I had such a hard time that week because I'm like I'm waking up and it's pitch black. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, what the F? I was all screwed up. My whole sleeping and everything was a mess that whole week. The sun doesn't come up until like around like 11 or 12, whatever it was. And I was like, this is throwing me off. So do they still follow sleeping habits by the daylight hours or do they just do it based off of like clock time? So we were trying to figure that figure that out. So like when we first got there, we went to like the mountainside. So we didn't like see a lot of people because we we're kind of secluded. But then when we got into the city, we we're like, all right, let's observe this and see how this works. We would see kids walking to school. They walk into school and it's pitch black. And I'm like, this is wild. Like we actually had parked near like the parking lot of the school for our Airbnb. I saw these like, you know, these kids with their backpack and it was like snowing. It's pitch blackout. And I'm like, holy shit, I would have hated going to school because at least here it's daylight kind of quote unquote wakes you up. But imagine like waking up and going to the school and it's still dark out. I could never. Isn't that like Alaska is the same thing too? A certain part of Alaska that it's like just pitch black. They have like either pitch black around the clock or it's daylight around the clock or something to that effect for parts of the year, I think. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, my depression. <laughs> Would it be good? My seasonal depression. That's just so bizarre to me. It just makes me feel that like time is so unnecessary and daylight saving time and like all that crap. And it's just like, like just let's all just collectively decide that we're going to wake up when the sun comes out and we're going to go to bed when it gets dark. Let's just all do that. Like, let's not concern ourselves with time. <laughs> Isn't the farmers use a daylight saving time? Like, that's why we still have it. I could be totally off. I could be totally wrong. I, th I think that's the reason that they change it. It was because of the farmers, but I don't know. Daylight saving time is going to obviously be coming to an end soon. Now it's going to be like darker. It will be like four o'clock and four o'clock in the afternoon. And it's going to be like pitch black now. So it's going to be one of those where we wake up and it's going to be dark out. And then like when you get out of work, it's dark out. It's like straight seasonal depression the days are getting shorter anyways so the clock is just like it's just shifting the hours but it's not making it more dark or less dark than it was before you know right yeah but yeah it always like it always takes me you know a good i don't know six months to adjust from <laughs> a clock change just six long months. enough for the next clock change to occur like i'm just getting used to the last clock change and we're about to change it again six months <laughs> yeah it's it's just it's all wild if you think about it and your cousin rings like a good point is it is it the world that's moving well yes the world is definitely moving yeah <laughs> no we know yes but I'm just that's um, that's confirmed facts <sighs> aside from my trip a story that I just I told it uh, maybe on Twitter and then I think we shared it on some of our socials. But if anyone hasn't seen that yet, my dad told me a story about how my grandfather once took a flight from the Azores to Boston and brought a fig tree with him. And you might ask, well, how did he get a fig tree on the plane? And the answer is sewn into the sleeve of his jacket that's the best i don't even know like my grandmother sewed a fig tree which presumably was small or like a seedling of some kind right like not like a full grown tree but 
sewed it into the sleeve of his jacket and then he couldn't wear the jacket because it was <laughs> a fig tree in the sleeve would ju- he just like carried it like over his arm you know when you just like drape a coat over your arm yeah like oh like i'm hot i'm just carrying my coat on my arm and so he just draped it and the fig tree was in there and the sleeve was sewn shut so that the fig tree wouldn't fall out the sleeve and that worked and he got he got his little fig tree through <laughs> costume they could like sneak freaking cocaine <laughs> if they really needed to. <laughs> There's things that they like worry about that like aren't really a concern for customs. Like they worry about dumb shit. Yeah. 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 Like your dad's ham. Then they they don't worry about the fig tree when like I'm pretty sure like agricultural items are like the number one thing that like customs like wants to put the the stop to. Do you want to know if you have like any fruit or anything? Right. So you had posted that to our Instagram and one of our followers, he actually messaged us and he said that his mom flew into JFK from Lisbon with a small banana tree <laughs> in her waistband. <laughs> and he said the same thing, like his mom told cousins, like, no English. <laughs> so it's like, how do you do like a banana tree and how do you do like a fig tree? <laughs> Okay, if you don't get caught, great. But <laughs> if all of a sudden they like, ma'am, do you have a or ma'am, do you have a banana tree in your waistband? <laughs> like, where's the plausible deniability in that? Like, how can you just be like, oh, how did that get there? <laughs> like, I've been, I've, I just sat on a plane for five hours with a freaking banana tree in my pants. Like, I don't understand. And how much would that suck? That you just did all that traveling with that banana in your pants, right? Like you, you're saving this banana, <laughs> this tree, and you're like, okay. And then you get to freaking Boston and they confiscate it from you. I mean, the obvious answer to me would be like, put it in your checked bag. But clearly they were either going through their checked bags or I don't know. They don't do like a pat down. Like, so your grandfather had it over his like arm, you said. Our follower's mom had it in her waistband. So they don't do like a, God, this is like po- way before 9-11 days. <laughs> so you could just get on a flight and didn't have to even like get checked. Is that a banana in your pants or you're just happy to see me? Imagine if they do a pat down. I died when I saw that message. I was like, holy shit. Here's my thoughts on bringing the plants and the trees over. I'm imagining you're not bringing like a, like a potted plant, right? You're not you're not there's not a pot and there's not like soil, right? So right. you're just bringing like like kind of like a seedling structure, I'm guessing with like some roots dangling, right? I can't even keep a plant alive that is happily potted and watered and in the sun. These people are keeping <laughs> some dangling roots alive for an entire plane ride in their pants and then reviving it when they get to pot it when they get home i know how i know i don't understand they have the touch i'm telling you they have the touch it's something those fingertips i don't know those hands i told a story on here a while back about how at my daughter's birthday my uncle was grabbing seedlings from my yard and putting them in like seven up bottles to take home and then i just went to another birthday party with the same side of the family and his sister my aunt was taking parts of plants like cutting off leaves and stems yeah, of plants yeah. to propagate them at home yeah and so she had like a, she brought like this pot and she had like all these like plant parts that she had cut and was going to repot at home and i'm like they cannot go to a family function without propagating a plant. <laughs> That's true. My mom will have stems and it'll be like in a cup of water until she can like get a pot ready for it or whatever it is. And then somehow like that little that little thing turns into this big giant ass plant that she has in the house. Just this week, my brother actually called my mom because his plant's been like touch and go. And my mom's going <laughs> to go there this weekend to go take a look at it. I'm like, I don't understand. I don't get it. The plant doctors. So, like, when I went to Hawaii, I remember, like, we had to, like, fill out this form on the flight. They passed it to everybody. And it was like, oh, do you have any any fruit, any blah, 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 like, all this stuff, right? 
obviously there's a reason why they probably don't want you to bring that banana tree or that fig tree on over. Like there's a reason for it. Right. The porties just don't get, they don't give a shit. (laughs) They don't care. No. Like I know with Hawaii, they're very big on it. Like even like the dogs, like if you bring, if you bring your dog to go out there, like your dog has to be quarantined because they don't have like rabies out on the island which is my type of place. <laughs> so like Hawaii is very big on, they're on top of it. Why not the Azores coming to the United States? <laughs> you can literally pack a whole farmland in your suitcase and you're good. They asked me next to no questions through customs on my way home. It took forever because it was like one guy working. But then when yeah. I got up to him, he was just like, where are you coming from? How long were you there? Did you make any large purchases? Have a nice day. They didn't yeah. check any of our <laughs> luggage. They didn't ask any other specific questions. I didn't fill out any forms. The customs forms. We got to talk about the customs forms because my older cousin went with my dad on a trip to the Azores to do Hermitage back in like the 2000s sometime. And so it was just the two of them like traveling without their wives. <laughs> they should not be left unsupervised is what I'm trying to get at. On the way back, they did that same thing that you just talked about where they passed out like these customs forms or whatever on the plane for everyone to fill out while they were on the plane before they got off on those forms let's just be honest here like you never want to check yes no across the board are you bringing this did you have that no yeah no 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 okay yeah i did no so he's reading these these forms apparently it was like when like the whole mad cow disease uh yeah scare globally was happening or whatever and obviously the Azores is like lots of cows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing nothing but cows. So he's reading all these questions about like, have you been in close proximity to a cow? <laughs> and he's like, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He's just checking yes to all these questions. And my dad just looks at him and he's like, you need to get a new form and we're going to fix this because they are going to take you and they're going to take you right to the hospital when you get off of this plane. Like, yeah. <laughs> do not pass code. Do not collect $100. Like you are not going home unless you check no because they're going to send you to the hospital. <laughs> so They don't care if how close you were to a cow. If you just check the yes <laughs> on that box, you're getting quarantined. <laughs> I know. He's like, well, but you know, my cousin had a cow. And I'm like, just no. Nope. <laughs> no, didn't, no. Didn't, didn't no. see one cow at all while I was out there. Not one. <laughs> Not one. Do they even have cows in the Azores? Yeah. What? what are you talking about? They have cows out there? <laughs> exactly. But it was just, it was the funniest thing. My dad tells the story really well. I'll have to have and him he, on the podcast someday. Yes. So yeah, it's like in the midst of a mad cow disease scare. He's checking yes on all the cow questions. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> What are you doing? No, no snoo. You don't want to do that. The one thing that I was looking forward to because I knew it was going to happen and I just really wanted to experience and appreciate it was the clapping (laughs) on the plane (laughs) upon landing. And on the way there, the clap was rather underwhelming. It was like a scattered clap. Like it was like golf clap. I was like, wow, we've gotten weak. Yeah, I'm surprised because to get there, you're going to your destination. Well, even I just think it's it's probably like a scarier landing too. Yeah, cause you're, yeah, because you're landing on an island. I would think they would clap harder on the way there, right? Yeah. So I was kind of like underwhelmed by the clapping on the way there. So then on the way home, I was like, all right, we're gonna try this again. We're gonna see if they clap. And I actually wanted to get like a video of mm-hmm. of the clapping. This pilot came down and he made what I'm going to call the smoothest landing I have ever had in a plane. I did not feel the wheels touch the ground. I had my phone ready to record and I'm just waiting and I'm waiting for the clapping and I'm like, we've landed, but I didn't feel like we landed because you never felt like the bump. Yeah. We just like never hit. He just like coasted so smoothly into there. It was a phenomenal landing. Like it deserved a clap. Okay, <laughs> this this landing needed clapping, and there was a delay, and I think maybe because everybody was so confused and like thought we were still in the air. <laughs> but, so I'm I'm on this video and I'm recording and I'm like, what? No clapping? And like you can hear me just audibly being like, they're not gonna clap. 
this little old man in front just started with his palmingish yeah. and he, just, he started going and like the whole plane got into this really aggressive round of palmingish and i was very proud because that pilot deserved the claps as he just that pilot just raped the whole plane underneath because he never took the wheel <laughs> Just scraped the whole thing. Oh, oh man, yeah. yeah, I know the clap is like is always a must. It's always with the Portuguese people. Anyway, it never happened on any other flight that I've ever been on. Just always on the way to Portugal. It's weird because like if you look it up, because I tried to figure out if that was like a cultural thing, mm-hmm. if it was like only Portuguese people do that, and it's not. Like every every culture claims it as like their own. Thing. Yeah, like, Italians are claiming it as like Italians clap on planes, but then Irish people are claiming it. I think where it doesn't happen is like, you know, you're flying domestically in the U.S. We're not clapping for that. Yeah, but like none of my other internationals, we clap. So maybe just no, my people on board didn't. Like I went Mm. to Ireland, nobody clapped. I'm trying to figure out like why do some flights have it and some don't. And when we go to the Azores from Boston, you know, every single person on that flight is Portuguese. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah. You might have like a couple of like non Portuguese that are going out there for vacation. Not even. But <laughs> not there. They're not going. But it's just like collectively, like you're just like one whole uniform culture on a plane going to this destination. So they're going to all clap and they're, mm-hmm. they feel comfortable clapping around each other because they all know they're going to clap. And it's just the amount of rosary beads that was probably on that flight. It's just right. The limit does not exist. They probably all were praying a full rosary. Yeah. But maybe when you get to like different flights or places that have more diverse groups coming in, maybe that's why you're not getting the clapping because it's not just like a uniform thing. Like there's. Uh, do we do don't we like maybe they're just kind of hesitant. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure there are people on the flight that, like, would clap. Right. But I think it takes, like, the one person to do it. And then maybe because, like, no one does it. They're like, oh, I guess we're not clapping. That, we, that you know, the pilot landed. <laughs> let us know, listeners, if you've been on an international flight besides Azores, let us know if there's been clapping. Because I'm interested. Because none of that I've been on, there was no clapping at all. So from clapping to praying... That the pilot is at a good headspace to land that flight. <laughs> Let's jump into our segment. It's called mental health. So my little tip for my mental health is making social connections with my friends, like making that as like a priority. I feel like since COVID. We couldn't go out. We couldn't leave our houses. We could only talk on Zoom. Especially now, it's so important to see friends face to face. Like make it a priority to like go over to each other's houses. You know, just even if you're just sitting on the couch and just vegging out and watching some stupid documentary on Netflix <laughs> or something till like two a.m., three a.m. We do that a lot at Melissa's house. <laughs> Going on trips with friends, I just feel like a social connections can lower just lower your anxiety and like you know, in depression, because they kind of sometimes can go hand in hand. So that's my little, my little nugget. We used to do it a lot more. We did. Before, before we started this podcast. And now we just steal every minute of our time together to be recording. We need to do that a little more. We need to get back into our habit of watching investigative discovery channel. What is it called? ID? I- ID, yeah. Because <laughs> you say you can only watch it with me. You're like, I got to wait for Kelly to watch this. <laughs> Yeah, I can't be watching murder shows and going to sleep on a regular basis. Like, I <laughs> right. can only do that with with you. We did, like, a little trip locally. We did a pretty good job where we kind of didn't talk podcasts. Aside from you going around asking everybody <laughs> that you saw on the streets if they liked podcasts and giving them our business card. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I had to take advantage of that. <laughs> like, literally, like, on the dance floor of a establishment (laughs) that's right but i was i was content like that we just we kind of made it just like about us yes but there were no murder mysteries we actually watched airplane we did kelly and i's favorite movie yeah if you haven't watched it you guys have to go out and watch it it's an old movie but it's hilarious we quote it a hundred times a day 
Yeah. All That's our time. favorite. <laughs> My mental health tip, I suppose. <laughs> you seem unsure about it. Well, because I'm not. I uh, Okay. So <laughs> I was going through a period of time where I had a lot of medical anxiety. And we could probably do like a whole episode on medical anxiety. Oh, yeah, we can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So I had a lot of medical anxiety and what I found that was helping again I don't I don't claim to like know health benefits of all of these things or claim that health benefits work from all of these things but I do believe in a placebo yeah. and so for me a lot of the things that I was doing at that time could be placebos but it felt like it was an actionable step that I was taking to help my mental health and it was calming just because of that. Yeah. So for whatever ailments I thought I had at the time, I stumbled upon golden milk, which is kind of nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to sugarcoat it. You're no a milk person, though. I think golden milk is tough, even for a milk person. Okay, because it's hot. You heat it in the microwave, and then you put turmeric in it. That's why it's called golden milk because it turns it this like goldy orangish color. And I'm trying to explain the taste of turmeric if you've never had it because it is not good. <laughs> but the worse it tasted, like the higher the placebo effect in my brain. So okay. it was like, oh, this is really bad. It must be really good yeah, for me. Yeah, like it, yeah. it must really be working on my body, you know? I was probably putting too much turmeric in the milk, to be completely honest with you. Because um, I think you only need like a sprinkle. Yeah. I think it's more like a little goes a long way kind of thing. And I bought like a 10 pound bag on Amazon because <laughs> I was convinced that <laughs> I was convinced that this was going to solve all my problems. And did you just pick this up on like just reading it online like did you see this online and you're like oh let me try this uh yeah it was okay. the google it was the google and i guess my, the second part to my mental health tip would be just avoid the google <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in relation to medical anxiety just avoid the google at all costs because it doesn't take you anywhere good but for me the golden milk was a nice placebo and i do think if you look it up i think it does actually have benefits maybe just don't put as much as i put in my milk right and we're not doctors so just if anything happens can't come at us <laughs> we're not doctors so reach out to your yes. doctor if this is something you're interested in <laughs> and if you're unsure we are not doctors <laughs> please discuss with your doctor if turmeric milk is right for you <laughs> Yes, perfect. But you probably just allowed your mind to think that it was working. And I guess, like, if you're allowing your mind to think it's working, then, hey, it's been working. That's it. There's nothing wrong with a placebo. No, because, like, all the anxiety is just in your mind or created by your mind anyways. So why not undo it by tricking your mind, you know? Yeah. Great. It, feel, it just awesome. feels like an actionable step that you're taking to manage it so even if it's not physically doing anything it's like mentally helping you yeah you know yeah 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 i probably i'm not a milk person so i don't know if i'll try it <laughs> this was like years ago when i was doing this on the regular mm -hmm. once i sort of like rid myself of anxiety yeah i got rid of the 10 pound bag of <laughs> turmeric but i just ordered turmeric last week at the grocery store and it came in and I'm now like seasoning my food with it and stuff oh. like that. I may have to go back and try golden milk again. Okay. In moderation now. The next time I come over, we should try it. We should try it. You're not going to like it. Yeah, no, I know. I'm not going to like it, but I'll, but I'll try it with you. I've actually acquired a taste for it. But like a few years ago when I was drinking it, I, like I thought it was like the nastiest thing ever. It tasted like a velvet couch. Mm. <laughs> That's all we've got for today. We will continue to sort of debrief. I have lots of stuff to talk about from my trip to Samigal about the culture and things I observed there and tips and all kinds of stuff. So we'll get into that in our next episode.
So it's about that time. Thanks for listening. If you're enjoying our podcast, please just give us a review on whatever platform you're using to listen to us. You can also visit our website. It's folkandfad.com. We have transcripts available there of every episode. And you can also send us an email, mail at folkandfad.com. Or you can hit us up on Twitter. Same handle there, folkandfad. And for Instagram, you can follow us at underscore it's called culture. 